morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever or wherever you are, whether you're working from home, running errands, or simply taking it easy. I thank you for tuning in to series four of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom. My name is Georgina Townsend, and I am your host and the acting editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms, and Bathrooms magazine. For our fifth episode, I was joined a second time this series in our office slash studio by interior designers Ros Wilson from Rosalind Wilson Design and Beth Dadswell from Imperfect Interiors as we chatted about different kitchen styles and looks and how you can introduce them to your home. From kitchens with an industrial edge, a more cosy country chic to a minimalist Scandi design, to the latest craze of Japandi, Ros and Beth did not hold back on their opinions about certain looks and finishes. But before we get going, I have a favour to ask. We want to try and help as many people as possible, whether they're currently renovating a complete door wrapper or just simply want to do up their dated kitchen or tired bathroom. So please, if you have time, share this episode with friends or family or your neighbours down the street, plus leave a review and subscribe. We'd also love it if you could share with us your thoughts on the episode. Do you agree with what we say? Don't you agree? Tag us on social media and let's keep the conversation going. Right, here we go. Enjoy the episode. So hello again, Beth and Ros. How are we doing today? Very, very well. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, that was very uh, synchronised. <laughs> we were in sync. <laughs> Perfectly in sync. Beth, ready if you to rock give and roll. us a quick hello. Hello. And Ros. Hello. There we go. So everyone now knows who we are. So today we are talking all about kitchen styles from kitchen cabinetry through to looks such as Scandi, Japandi, industrial. But let's start off with the basics and talk about different types of doors and kitchen unit doors. So there's probably three typical doors that people work with. Obviously, if they go bespoke, that's totally different. But if we just think about the three main ones, we've got shaker, handleless and slab. So Beth, is there a particular one that you love working with? Yes, I think I think you know what I'm going to say. It's the shaker. <laughs> I like kitchen to feel kind of a bit cosy. Handleless kitchens do nothing for me. Sometimes I can see that they have their place, you know, especially if you're in a really contemporary room and it's very architectural and clean lines. Obviously, a shaker kitchen is not going to be right. So it, again, it's about looking to the architecture of, of the building and the rest of the house, what kind of mood you want to create. I work on lots of period houses, so I'm drawn to the, the shaker more traditional style, but that doesn't mean it has to look traditional. There are ways of tweaking that. I 100% agree. Knew you were going to say that, Beth. <laughs> so I agree. I'm not such a fan of the handleless, and I'm more inclined to say put texture, because I like wood, um, more like a slab style door with the texture of a wood veneer grain. That's for me ideal. Obviously, it doesn't happen very often, and that's definitely my personal preference. But there's merit in the shaker door, and it, it's timeless. It comes up every time. Versions of its tweaks to it, the color of it, the material used, whether it's a timber version or if it's a sprayed MDF version. So, in actual fact, ground rule base, probably the shaker's the one. Oh. That, that, that's, That's not good. what I was expecting no, you to say. I'm very I surprised. know, right? I know. <laughs> and there are variations. You know, you say shaker, that's yeah. a, quite a, a general term, isn't it? You know, mm. so to some people that could mean just a very a flat panels type of shaker, which is quite mm. contemporary, which has very little detailing. You can add 
trims and beadings to that, which make it look more panelled. There's a variation within the, the shaker look as well, depending on how traditional you want it to look. You know, for example, sometimes you see in sort of Parisian apartments, you've got beautiful old buildings with amazing panelling on the walls. I've seen kitchens done where they've replicated the panel onto the kitchen door front so the kitchen sort of disappears and that's incredible. It looks very, very elegant. It's very grown-up look and it probably wouldn't work in most British traditional houses but pick your look, you know, Mm. find something you love the look of. Just make sure it works with the style of the house. That's always my key thing. Don't put a shaker kitchen into an uber-modern space. It won't sit right. Unless you design your joinery in other rooms accordingly, which you can do, but I, I'm with you. I think I think the shaker can be like your little black dress of doors, dress up, dress down, you know, and you can really merge that into a number of looks. I really think you can, depending on the material. I think it's an all-round winner because I think it's timeless. Um, I think it's classic, but you can make it modern. I guess, Beth, you and I probably have to, we could debate probably at length about this combination <laughs> of how this merges with islands and things. Yeah. But um, as a standard, I think the shaker's a real rock and roll kind of situation. It's great. It's a really good door. And something, yeah, something we've done recently, we worked with a client who had bought a house that had been renovated by a property developer and it was all very bland and quite sort of masculine. But the kitchen that he'd put in was clearly very expensive and there was nothing actually wrong with it. But the island was very, very dominant and very heavy. So we kept all the perimeter units around the outside because they had lovely panelling detail and we installed a new island that was a bit lighter visually and we had a joiner make up shaker panels but with reeded panels in the middle so they had the flat shaker around the outside and reeded MDF it was but you can get it get wood as well painted and that actually worked really nicely just lighten the whole thing make it feel a little bit more Mm. contemporary but it still Mm. worked with the rest of the kitchen so Again, the shaker doesn't just have to be all completely plain. You know, you can put something interesting in the middle. Interesting. So let's talk about handleless then. Mm. If a client came to you and said, I really want a handleless kitchen, what are the benefits of a handleless kitchen? I mean, I think we'll probably both say the same thing in the sense that it's handleless. You know, handles, you know, external projecting handles, which if they've come for a handleless kitchen, that's they like a very contemporary look and they don't want the idea of just handles everywhere. And I think it's nice sometimes to break it. You know, we've, we've just finishing off a kitchen, which is relatively, it was quite big actually, and there's so many units. And we, for a particular reason, we need to have handles for the specification. So it can justify sometimes to minimise the complexity of the dominant feature being the handles when you mm. walk into the kitchen. If you've got a big kitchen, that's you've got a, a big lot kitchen. of handles. And they're expensive often, aren't they? Nice they handles. And yeah, something that's going to be more solid, that's going to stand the test of time and, and, and look good. Because obviously, depending on the finish, the patination and oxidation and all that, you want a good quality handle. But handleless thing can therefore really come into its own. And in this particular kitchen, we did a handleless island because we just couldn't stomach the idea <laughs> of walking in and going... Oh dear God, there's too many handles on this on the cabinets and so forth. So there's there's merit in it. And of course, it is a contemporary look. Without a doubt, it's a contemporary look. So if you like a contemporary kitchen, this is the way to go. So just remember when you're combining handless and you've got push catch doors as well, there's, there are pros and cons to standing against islands and doors flinging open left, right and center. So there are functional sides to having this very modern contemporary look, but there's a place for handless in a very modern kitchen. 
And I think, I mean, if I, if someone came to me and they really definitely wanted to handle this kitchen, I would be trying to be crying. (laughs) No, I have done handleless kitchens, but there's, there's ways of warming them up. I would definitely try and veer people away from doing a shiny, pale, handleless kitchen. Because to me, that just feels like a kind of a dentist's office, Um, especially if you're doing chrome and, you know, cold materials. If you can have you know, a wood veneer, a nice oak or a walnut or something like that. You're then looking sort of at the grain of the wood, which is really nice, rather than just a big, white, shiny, reflective surface. We're doing some kitchens at the moment that have sort of bronze door fronts. So they're sort of wrapped in bronze with without handles. So that's really beautiful. So I think, again, it's sort of choosing, cut. you know, if someone wanted a colour, I would definitely encourage it to be a matte finish rather than a shiny so there's ways of of having handless that still feel warm and characterful I think it's just avoid for me anyway it's it's for avoiding shiny because it it just doesn't give the atmosphere that I would want someone to have in their kitchen that's what they want obviously they're going to have it but I'd be encouraging them away from that so it's just finding another way of adding texture if you're not going to have a handle Mm. potentially the door front if it hasn't got a handle look at the material and how you can add a layer warmth to the design yeah warmth and and some natural materials as well you know woods are really nice when you Mm. talked about work tops but I think wood on the front of units can be really nice yeah if done very much in consideration with the floor and Mm. everything else that's going on in the room it's quite tricky to have a wooden floor and wooden cabinets you've got to be very careful about the the tones working together up until recently or not so recently you you needed to have handles and certain appliances the fridge the dishwasher and so forth we now know obviously you don't need to because you can have all of these voice activated and touch surfaces and all, all kinds of things so previously it was quite nice to think of maybe fabricating a bespoke beautiful long bronze handle on your fridge for example and then everything else is quite simple and paid back because you don't want to have handles diminish the feature of what you've just fabricated as something quite expensive so that's one way of also addressing handles but it's a balancing act, isn't it? I agree. No shiny, but matte surfaces for handles, definitely matte metals are better. They can also be cutouts so that they don't project. Although I find that cutout handles are perhaps more a younger audience with regards to the way, the look and the feel of the kitchen. A trend. It's, it's a trend. It's a trend. <laughs> and we're trying to avoid those. <laughs> well, was trying answered the from last a previous, episode, guys. Yeah. <laughs> previous episode we also spoke about the island being no handles because it's a feature but yeah i think handles are tricky and um just remember they are expensive count how many you have also the functionality the bar handles versus little knobs which can sometimes be a little bit difficult to grab and frustrating but yeah there's a lot of design and often there's a lead time as well that's thing that people don't necessarily factor in you know lots of handle companies that make things in really quite specialist finishes you know it might be a antique brushed brass or something that's not just a standard chrome mm. or, or shiny brass you know they often are made to order so factor that in and don't do it the day before you need them <laughs> the slab door is mm. essentially handleless with a handle right <laughs> is it kind of Precisely, the middle yeah. ground between a shaker and handleless so a slab door i think really nice for texture Great for texture and a great handle. Also nice to oversize the proportions, actually, because I think you need to have something else go on. I I mean, again, you need to contextualize your space. If it's more lofty, seems like a slab door would be quite great. If you've got high ceilings, different proportions, sounds wonderful. But because it's so plain, it lends itself to modern, but it can date quite quickly. So you have to consider doing something different with them to make them timeless, which is why I think changing the dimensions of the 
wall units or the base, well, not the base units will stay at 900, give or take, but just making it a bit more quirky because it's, I don't find it very interesting. No, as I it agree. I don't um, think that I've done one of those slab. What are they called? Slab doors. Yes. Slab doors. Well, um, it doesn't sound very glamorous, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't really Ross, can you come up with a name for it, please? You're good at naming. <laughs> Give me t- am I good at naming it? <laughs> Slab, because when you said it first, I was like, Slab, oh, that's obviously that, right? Because you want to say flat panel, but flat yeah. panel, it's not that. That's something totally different. So flat something or other. By the end of this, I'll have it wrapped up. I think, there's a pun in there somewhere. I think there's another one we could throw into the mix that makes the slab door more interesting, which is mm. we talked about in the other podcast, which is what we did in our kitchen, is to add some grooves into your slab door. It gives you, well, depending on which mm. way the grooves run, actually, I'm, I'm assuming they're running up and down, which sort of makes the room look taller, which is quite nice and gives you some sort of mm. rhythm in your units. I guess you could run them horizontally. Yeah, just some texture. I think... Kitchens often have so many doors Mm. that if you just make them all completely featureless and just put handles on them, you'll be noticing the handles, as we were just saying, handles will be the thing that pop out, which is fine if you're spending a lot of money on them. But it's a bit featureless and a bit of a wasted opportunity. And I don't think you want to walk into a kitchen and just see a wall of blank. It's not very exciting. Mm -mm. I think, again, it's it's going to have to do with the rest of the design of, of the kitchen to help that stand out and be something. I was watching a series um, on Netflix the other day and I can't remember what it was, but I do remember seeing the kitchen and going, slab door, sort of a sort of a pewtery kind of textured finish and quite tall. And I thought, well, that's worked quite well, but I really do think that if it's so modern, perhaps think about pairing it with a relatively traditional antique brass tap or something, Mm -hmm. it needs help to warm it up and it needs something to ground it. It's probably harder work working with your more minimalist materials because they need to stand the test of time somehow. You're spending so much money on your kitchen. If it's going to date in a minute, you're going to feel like you need to redo this kitchen in a a couple of years and that's more money. So yeah, minimalist is not necessarily the most cost effective and easiest and cheapest solution. It's got to be done carefully. And, and, a really expensive minimalist kitchen can be the most beautiful oh. thing you've seen. It can be like sculpture, but yeah. we're literally talking yeah. hundreds of thousands of pounds. You can't you can't get those details with a cheap kitchen, I think, yeah. is what we're trying to get at. <laughs> so we're saying ch- shake is cheap, people. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are we saying we need to spend 200,000 pounds no. on our kitchen? No, no, no. <laughs> to have just one island and a couple of units, the most expensive kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the sort of basics of doors but obviously and we've touched on the fact that maybe in a more traditional or appeared property shaker works a more contemporary Mm. setting is potentially handleless especially if you like that seamless clean look and then that brings me on to actual looks what if you have a particular style in mind that you absolutely love now I'm going to put this out there and I want a one-word answer please Roz Mm. industrial scandy japandi country Classic contemporary or ultra-modern, which one are you drawn to? Classic contemporary. I'd have to say the same, although sometimes veering to the country, but not in a Laura Ashley so one word kind there. of way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you failed. I had, I had a hold back there. You made it. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's talk about each look now. Yeah. Okay, so let's start off with industrial. A lot of people think that industrial is cold and it's concrete and it's stainless steel and it's quite masculine and it's for you know loft apartments. Mm. Is that correct or actually is that a misconception? Can industrial be anywhere? 
I think industrial works really well in a really old stone mm. cottage or somewhere like that where it's a real contrast. It's all about getting the balance right. If you've got a, a kitchen that's very old with little tiny casement windows and it's exposed stone, you know, having the contrast of something quite slick, quite clean lined and industrial actually could look really amazing. Going too much for a sort of a twee country cottage look just looks way too predictable. So it's trying to find that nice balance. And it's the same the other way around. You know, if you're in a really clean lined room, you know, you, you want to think about things of sort of things, ways of adding some texture and adding some warmth. So it's, it's about balance, I think. Mm. I agree. I think they're natural pairings that will work together and industrial does just work where there is perhaps exposed brickwork or some heightened proportions or something of equal character because the minute it goes into something contemporary, you've got to lose the traditional industrial piping diameter and connections that, that happen between the metalwork that you use becomes more streamlined metal and then it just looks like a Pinterest project. And that's not industrial to me. That's just a very contemporary modern look. I think that industrial has its place where there's a checklist that some things just get checked off and then it becomes industrial, otherwise something else. Tell me, how, what do you imagine an industrial kitchen looking like? What's in it? Like an auger, perhaps, uh, definitely. And perhaps that could even be a nice colour. And then the pipework, the copper piping being, well, not copper, but more like an antique brass, and really a lot of metalwork in different shades of metal and proportions quite chunky so that it offsets bricks and solid materials, I would imagine. I'm not thinking of sprayed MDF and I'm not thinking of any of those kinds of things. I'm just seeing heavy, solid, chunky, present materials. But for me, I think of almost like a chef's kitchen, isn't it? In a, in a commercial kitchen, you know, everything's mm. easy, clean, stainless steel. An uncluttered yeah. kitchen, maybe. You can access things easily. There's no unnecessary fuss. Mm. It's all very utilitarian, big extractor hoods, you know. It's all it's all sort of super scaled mm. for a chef, I suppose. Mm. And that works in some spaces and really doesn't work in other spaces. So it just depends. It feels yeah, more open plan. It yes. does feel more open yeah. plan than built away because it's by nature of industrial, I would think that things are within easy reach. Yes. On surfaces, we conceptualized a kitchen once where it was fairly industrial and even the oven was kind of cantilevered, floating in like a box. It was just all kind of there. It was raw in a way. Yeah, raw you know? is a good raw word. Raw was the word it? that I was thinking. Yeah. Raw materials yeah. and yeah. everything's on show. Yes. And you don't mind if something's patinaed and yes. you don't mind yeah. if the, the stainless steel worktop's sort of scratched and marked. And It's a working kitchen. It's yeah. somewhere that you're working and producing. You're not fluffing around and just taking pictures of it. You're actually using it. But then on the flip side, a lot of industrial kitchens have concrete in them and I personally know that concrete is not the most practical material would you agree yes but that's good marry isn't it because it chips away and it's it's it gets used and it gets stained and it's just perfect with metal that's all patinaed and beaten up and looks old and used I think that's a great match I wouldn't use it for a worktop but I think it in the right environment, mm. I think it can be quite good for a floor if, you, if you're wanting that sort of industrial look. Mm. Again, you do have to be prepared that it is porous and you have to yeah. take care of it. And I think you've also got to be a little bit careful that concrete next to stainless steel 
that's a lot of kind of grey, shiny surfaces. So unless you've got a room that's full of exposed brick or stone or something that's really contrasting, giving you lots and lots of warmth, just mm. be careful mixing those two because a lot of those two things could feel quite cold. Okay, so that's industrial. Are we fans of industrial? I think I am. Yeah, if I, if I had a loft apartment, I'd be, yeah, ace. That would be great. Love it, yeah. Yeah, I do like it. I don't know if I would choose it for my own house. It feels a little bit too cold, but elements of it, definitely. Okay, so the next one, which actually I don't think is me at all, but I can appreciate its beauty, is Scandi. Can either of you describe what Scandi is for our listeners? Oh, Beth, I'm going to do it. I can. Most certainly, but like you, Georgina, I'm so not a fan. Uh, (laughs) So I never want to try and explain it. What a dramatic reaction. Um, I think maybe because we've grew up with the the Ikea Scandi kitchen look, Mm. maybe it just feels a bit cheap, dare I say. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. You can. Um, I mean, you can do it. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. I have seen kitchens made, you know, it was quite fashionable wasn't it a few years ago to sort of make kitchens out of denison floorboards you know really beautiful kind of wide washed like a pine oiled pine doors which look amazing Mm. in a picture but I mean I can't even imagine what they look like after five years of kids putting greasy fingers on them super high maintenance and I think unless you're going to go for that super super high end real wood expensive wood you're not going to get anything that looks anything other than a bit of a cheap kitchen dare I say I guess it is a very attractive style let's not kid it is attractive but I guess from us Beth you and I were traveling down this road of design and how many kitchens have we designed and implemented in our time in the industry you get to see how the functionality is and you get to see how these need to be working kitchens and uh, so many layers of ply and set light wood and the fun- you know the, the the stains and the, the materials just don't work unless it's a, a kitchen for maybe a couple in a really nice apartment and it's not getting overused or family use or the kinds of functions that we require in their lives. It's a pretty to look at aesthetic. So if we just explain, so Scandi is light woods, very neutral colours, very minimal design, very pared back. So hopefully that'll help people picture what a a Mm. kind of Scandi kitchen is. Mm. So I can see why that light wood maybe on, especially on cabinetry doors and things just doesn't work. Well, it, like we said, it works. It looks great in the picture, but whether it looks good after five years of touching it, you're in the kitchen, you've naturally got food and grease on your hands, you're touching things. Mm. Do you want your kitchen to look trash within a couple of years? I, I guess definitely wouldn't. Because when you implement a proper Scandi kitchen, I think you'd be going with door panels that are perhaps like 18 or 19 mil thick. You can't go like 35. It becomes a different kind of door, mm. a different kind of style. So mm. to really pull this thing out the bag in terms of Scandi style. I don't think it can stand the test of time for a real live working kitchen boom, you know. I don't want to trash the style because there's merit in it. But I, I feel think- like that's been done and dusted now. I think the style's been trashed. <laughs> All this listeners calling in. What do you mean my kitchen is Scandi? Do you know what I think? I think it's a perfect doll's house. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And you, your kids can have a fake kitchen that runs brilliantly. Well done. And they can tear it apart and it's going to serve its function. But don't put it in the real world. No. Sorry for all those Scandi lovers. <laughs> well, Scandi's actually, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this one, um, to be honest, which I can't wait to find out now, to be honest, is the Japandi style. And we actually did a kitchen wish, wish list feature recently that said that 
Japandi is currently one of the most asked for styles at the moment. And Japandi is a sort of fusion between Japanese style and the Scandinavian style. Is that an improvement? Is that a moving on of the Scandi? Because there's, there is a bit more texture, there's darker woods. So is that something you can get on board with a bit more? I think the darker woods would definitely be more practical. Again, I think it's very difficult to do it on a limited budget because I think it's all about the quality of the wood if you're using wood or if you've got if if you're adding the japandi element, maybe it's got reeded wood details or you've got a paneling or you're doing something a bit more interesting with it. That all costs money. So again, I think it depends how practical it needs to be if it's a family kitchen probably not ideal if it's a single person or a couple that don't cook very much and they actually want to look at it more than they want to cook in it fine but again I think it's all sounding a bit like a trend to me and I think you know you want to avoid anything that is going to be a tick box thing because in two years time somebody everybody will be moved on to some other trend so don't be the one that ends up with a kitchen that's the old trend I think is the key I'm 200% in agreement with you. It would need to be a specialist niche brief, and that's okay. But I don't think beyond that, and I think you'd be spending money um, on something that's not going to stand the test of time. Love it, guys. Brutal honesty on the Scandi <laughs> and Japandi. <laughs> Let's move on to the country, which you tried to tell me was um, your second option of <laughs> classic contemporary, but you were not allowed. So the country look, and actually I think something that I'm seeing at the moment, and I know we've been talking about match the period of property with the kind of style of your kitchen cabinetry and things, but actually I'm seeing a lot of country-inspired, maybe not full-on country, but country-inspired kitchens in more urban Absolutely, settings. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I think not, I don't want to keep going on about lockdown, but I think during lockdown, people were on Instagram, on Pinterest, trying, mentally trying to escape to the country, even if they couldn't, they were stuck in a city. Cottage core, this other trend, that's a big thing. You know, everyone was looking at pictures of cute cottages in the countryside, either trying to move there or trying to buy one. Obviously, most people can't do either of those things. So you can sort of do a little bit of that in your house wherever it is, if it's in a city or wherever. And I think this whole, there's definitely a move towards slightly more sentimental kitchens, you know, thinking about how your granny's kitchen was. I keep seeing floral fabric skirts on things. You know, that's a very old-fashioned style. I quite like it. In small doses, in the right environment. I'm going to admit, I just shuddered a little bit there. <laughs> In the country, though, probably, rather than in London. But yeah, the other and the other thing I keep seeing a lot is exposed pantries, you know, so pantries, larders, I'm not quite sure what the difference is ever, but that used to be something that was sort of hidden behind a door, but now that's becoming quite a feature, you know, put it in the middle of the room, even have glass, sort of internal glass doors on it so you can see into it, you can see all your cereal boxes and all your carefully curated vintage jars with everything. That's definitely another trend. And whilst... I, I quite like that, not necessarily in London. It feels a little bit twee to me. But, you know, I think people are, are wanting a warmth and a softness in their kitchens now, and I think I quite like that too. I love the bridge as well between bringing the country into sort of an urban setting. I think it's great. I think it's what has allowed us to attach ourselves or connect with our spaces more. Um, and it, we know that that's all happened. So like you say, Beth, not to keep harping on about the pandemic, but there are – so some clients or some people have a country house and a London house and, oh, let me just go spend the time in the country house. But 
for all of us that don't have multiple houses and apartments, you can bring that look to you. And I think it's a very grounded look. It's a very safe, warm, comforting, all these things, all these adjectives that we were all looking for. You can bring that into your kitchen because you spend so much time there. And I think it's great. I think it's wonderful to have a modern space that can be connected with something that's more alive. So let's talk about this. In my brain, I imagine country as, you know, limestone flooring, shaker doors, probably some kind of sage green. Like, <laughs> All the cliches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. working. It's building so, a nice image. <laughs> that's obviously a very outdated idea. Country style in kitchens has definitely come on since then. But tell me how. How to make it feel a bit more you or a bit more contemporary? More contemporary, but what is the, the country when we're talking style, about? With the twist, with the country twist. Mm. Yeah, so, we, so if someone used to think a country, the country style is everything I've just mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. how are people bringing that into their maybe more urban homes? What are people including? What is a modern country mm. style? Mm. Look just putting like? a basket in, a couple <laughs> of baskets <laughs> with I, some lavender. Well, we, t- we talked about concrete floors, didn't we? So for me, an easy way to not make it feel so twee would be to have a concrete floor or even maybe it's a subtle sort of terrazzo tile, not limestone. I mean, limestone is beautiful, but it's, again, it's not very practical. It's quite porous. I think that feels very country. And as soon as then you have a sage green kitchen, you know, you've, you've set the tone, haven't you? So I think it's mixing in some slightly different colours and materials. I think going for a, a kitchen colour that's quite a strong, deep colour works really well because you can make that colour quite contemporary, but still have it on a quite a tra- traditional sort of shaker style kitchen. So you're tweaking it, aren't you? Yeah. You're lifting it and not using all the cliches. I've seen lots of people having walls of plates, plates on walls, you know, which I remember my mum having in our... Yeah, and I used to think, oh my God, how horrendous. (laughs) But now I look at it and I think, it's quite quirky. Not yet. (laughs) Do you know what? I agree. I I clocked a few cool plates the other day. Oh, I love a plate. Yeah, a round plate. (laughs) But maybe it's because we're getting older as well. Who's getting older at this? No, no. (laughs) No? Not us. (laughs) I think there's something about mixing in some of those old-fashioned elements that we kind of grew up with, maybe Mm. with grandparents or parents, and just sort of coming back round to them and, and rejecting everything being white and shiny and cold and sort of wiped clean and having some character. I mm. love a butler sink at the moment, especially yeah. one that's mm. fluted. Mm. Oh, yes. Or ribbed, whatever, oh, yeah. however that you want to describe it. nice. Yes, that's lovely. I think Very that's nice. a twist on yes. the country. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, also in your cliched country kitchen you would have had a very old-fashioned tap and it would have been probably chrome and very fiddly but yeah. now you could have a, a bronze a really nice clean contemporary yeah. bronze tap yeah i'm just thinking about it in my head because that this would be my ultimate style i'm you know, redesigning my head my kitchen in my head all the time at the moment but things like raising the island off the floor and legs oh yeah would be that's a really nice way really to nice make. just square off your proportions put them on squared legs but put an induction hob on it. Don't go with the old gas situation exactly. the agar. Yeah. Just mix. Just take the elements that are former kitchen and make certain of more modern, more contemporary. And then, like you say, the tap, which is more modern against the clean lines. You could even bring your shaker into this 
because then maybe your your surface could be not so traditional. Maybe the profile on your stone could be also just square-edged or something quite clean-lined. These are details that yes. can bridge this gap and you could end up with just such a wonderful look. In my head, I see terracotta right now. Do you? Yeah, I do. In a good way or a bad way? In a good way, like something in terracotta. <laughs> it's like, it should be set against like a dark bronze metal. Yeah. Um, I think that could just bridge a country into a more urban space really quite well. I, from, it's, I could talk all day about this. I think yeah. this look is really... I can't wait to yeah. see your kitchen, by yeah, the no, way. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. When it happens in reality. It's going to be dark with bronze, uh, with terracotta. terracotta. <laughs> Probably a cantilevered island with a hob, which will have just the connections through some central kind of core thing okay. so it'll be really quite mixed up but we can we can compare you know you can have a meal at mine I'll yeah, yours, we can talk and <laughs> islands and but that's probably where we're trying to get to actually in a nutshell as we're saying mix it up aren't we we're saying mm. don't do all the cliches have the shaker kitchen have the butler sink but yeah. throw in I, I like using bronze a lot for cupboard knobs because I think that's quite timeless and it but it does still look a bit contemporary so yeah. don't have the little wooden painted knobs painted the same color don't have the really old-fashioned tap mix mm. it up throw in a few different elements and then it doesn't feel that's the way yeah find a happy space like that i think everybody probably would if you just added in your table lamps your sort of teddy bear table lamps but then had this bridged look i think almost everybody could probably connect with that to be fair which actually we're almost merging into now to the look of the classic contemporary which if people don't really know what that is that is again the Shaker style door is how I imagine it. Quite trad, but equally throwing in some really dramatic yeah, yeah. contemporary items. I don't think it's country. I think it's much more moved on from yeah. country. I think classic contemporary is almost a look, uh, a look that involves anything and everything that you want it to. That's so why we were clever in answering because it's like... Um it's the cop-out answer, isn't it? We just covered all our bases there, didn't we? <laughs> because it is that. It is that. It's like, well, it's a bit classic. It's contemporary. It's classic contemporary. You can bring it all together. It's the urban country in just another phrase, isn't it? And it works. It literally works. It's You can throw in any modern feature uh, or detail and you can couple it with something more classic or traditional and boom, there's your classic contemporary. Um, and the kitchen could be quite classic, but then the contemporary elements could be the lighting, it could be the yeah. dining table, the chairs, mm. you know, the fabric, if you're going to do any sort of built-in seating or anything, it could be the fabric on the bench seat, you know, it's, mm. again, it's sort of finding the balance and contrasting things and not just sticking with one It's look. true, actually, because industrial is pretty much defined by a certain number of materials. Classic contemporary brings everything onto the table and just pairing them in their sort of duality. And so it works. I think that's that's what's so nice about it. Yeah. Can you go too far, though? You know, if we've got everything on the table. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Jumping straight in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, when people come to me with Pinterest boards, there's often 25 different things going on. And I think big part of the trend problem is just throwing too many different things at something and not being able to edit down actually generally speaking the best kitchens or the things that look the best sort of most cohesive are things that have less materials in them maybe not less colors but three different worktop materials two different kitchen colors two different styles of doors and then you've got furniture and then you've got lighting and then you think oh I need to put some tiles in there you end up with a bit of a dog's dinner and I think generally speaking reducing things down works much better than keep adding more and more layers most of our clients ask us for a classic contemporary kitchen 
because it's going to bring to the table all trends and and then us as the designers or anybody listening in, well, we have to filter it through, don't we? And do you think a classic contemporary, we've spoken before about how the personalisation and unique spaces is really what's popular at the moment. I feel that classic contemporary is probably the best way to do that, to bring in personality and uniqueness. And so is that why it's so popular at the moment? Is that why all your clients are asking for it? Perhaps because they don't know any other way because they know that they don't, for example, like industrial. It's, it's easier for me to work with what they don't like than they do. It's when they say, I don't like industrial. Great. Well, then we've got classic contemporary. I don't like, oh, don't, great. We've got classic contemporary. Um, <laughs> they they often know it as classic contemporary as well. To be fair, it's probably an easy phrase to start from, to work with, to materialize a look with, because ultimately we can bring anything down to classic contemporary based on the furniture, the dimensions of the furniture, the table, the finishes, we can just throw in something, a couple of elements of classic and you can pull that look together quite well. Yeah, and I think people are quite used to, and this is just generally throughout houses now, quite used to mixing different eras and different pieces. You know, don't think many people now just go to one shop and go, right, I want everything to be modern Italian. You know, I think people have to bring bits of furniture if they're moving to the new place. They're integrating things they've inherited. It's a much easier way to Mm. create a comfortable look than just having everything looking exactly the same and matching, which I don't think most people want now. No, because I'm just actually thinking about that. I'm thinking of, you see, when you think of some really well-established high street brands and so forth, when you go into their showrooms, even they have started to add the classic side to contemporary because it's what their client, it's dictated by their clientele. Whether they pair that with their, the details on the shelves, often it comes in the taps when you have like a modern countertop and worktop and then there's a really traditional tap or the furnishings that they pair with it. So even they're steering towards the more classic contemporary style. So it's, it's livable, it's safe, livable and easy to be able to run that look as a timeless kind of design which I think is good. So that brings me on to ultra-modern. Again, when you think of ultra-modern in my um, cliched brain, (laughs) it is pure, flat materials, seamless, clean, maybe one colour, which can look stunning in the right setting. Mm -hmm. Is that ultra-modern to you as well, or is that ultra-modern five years ago? It's right up there with Scandi for me, to be fair, but it's, it's a difficult one to answer because you can make this look good. It's just I would not like a brief to be entirely a very ultra-modern brief. For me, it's too clinical. But yes, you're right, Georgina. It's um, a straight edges, clean materials. It's It doesn't seem to have a lot of personality. You see this look in films of like bachelor pads and so forth. Yes, the island. And there's like two chairs and there's like a fridge and it's all just one surface and everything's hidden away. The surfaces are clean. You see nothing. But how do you connect with that space? Everything's got to be packed away. I mean, as you're busy cooking something, it's like something splashes. Oh, dear God, you've got to wipe it up. And then I don't know how to relate to it. I can't relate to it. So if a client puts it on the table, I might be like, what? And and, and run from it. Because really, it's like a super yacht. You, you're designing stuff to pack away the whole time and not see and not be functional. I think, yeah, I think that's the key. I mean, kitchens like that, tend to work best I think when they're in a really incredible architectural space so you're probably not really drawn to look at the kitchen so much you're actually probably looking at an amazing huge window or a view or something so I think there are there is a time and a place for a very it's almost an invisible kitchen isn't it because you don't 
put things on the worktop. You don't have a toaster. You don't have a kettle. It's all mm. tucked away. There's no handles. Often the um, the worktop is the same finish as the door front, and that runs into a, an upstand. So you probably got one maybe two materials it's very invisible again I'm going to say the same thing I think those kind of kitchens only really work and look really good unfortunately when they're expensive mm-hmm. I think you can't really do that look to on love. a budget if you were wanting an ultra modern ultra seamless kitchen you have to have something else going on in the space to make it work to balance it out we think if you've got a unless you like that you know some people do really like lots of architects really like that very clinical clean featureless kitchen lots of people do like it it's not to say that there's anything wrong with it it just doesn't float my boat it doesn't feel lovable because as you're cooking you need to pack away as you're sitting down with your coffee cup you need to quickly drink it because the surface has been interfered (laughs) by a cup um, or mug or something and so it just doesn't feel like you can relax in the space and I think we've all transitioned to wanting spaces that are a bit more relaxed so sorry for everyone who likes Scandi yeah, sorry. and ultra modern <laughs> probably listening to the wrong podcast we've not helped you in any way but if you like industrial and class contemporary and country we're onto a winner we're here we're onto a total winner here <laughs> total winner but I so. guess that's kind of the way things potentially I mean what I'm seeing what you guys are saying is actually what I think is, I, don't, I hate to say the word popular, it's not a trend, I don't mean popular, but what people are looking for right now. And oh, I think yeah. that that is the general vibe at the moment in people's kitchens. Potentially okay. that will change. Maybe we'll be back in two years' time and we'll be talking about how much we Japan love Scandi and Japandi <laughs> and, and how wrong we were two years ago. <laughs> yeah. But I think at the moment mm. we seem to be on the same page. Definitely. Like Absolutely. We were talking earlier about how I used to hate a white kitchen. Mm-hmm. But now I love a white kitchen. Yeah, they seem as, to be cropping up again. Don't as long they? as it's got layers and texture and pattern, and I think and it's not shiny and it's not shiny. And it's not handleless. And it's not hand- no. It's got beautiful handles. Yeah. The, even if you know if it's real wood, let's say, but it's painted white, so you've got mm. the grain, you've got the texture. The worktops are beautiful worktops. It's very fresh again, all of a sudden. Yeah, I love it. The it flooring is. is interesting. Let's say like yeah. a wooden floor. So yeah. should we give it warmth? So again, there's things that I would have. If, yeah, two years ago, if you'd asked me, oh, look, it's a white kitchen, I would have shivered. But now, bring me those white kitchens. But which the shade and of white is it, Georgina? Because oh, there's no such thing as just a white you kitchen. Mean you don't have the rail book just to flip through <laughs> My quickly. goodness. I've never had stressed so much, apart yeah. from the time I was choosing grout, of what white yes. I was going to paint my hallway. The amount yeah. of samples, yeah. I think there must have been about 20 different white, types of white. I think white is the white, hard, yeah. Green, white, yellow, white, blue, white. It is hard. I 100% agree. There's so many variations to the shade of it and how it looks within a space, given the context of that space. And you can't get that from a colour card, can you? You literally have to get the tester pots in the space, on the wall, two coats of them, on a pure bright white background so you can actually see what shade of white it is. I mean, we've got this colour called Cromati, which is in Ferran Balls. It's like a a grey-green colour and we've used it in three properties and it looks entirely different in every single house yeah and it's one's more green one's more gray it's just the strangest situation but going back to the white kitchen because my situation with my kitchen at the moment the one that will transition to the the dark one is a white glass kitchen and I've got oak flooring and it's been staying quite dark like a middle brown you can see the grain come through and that works so well and it's glass so I can use 
uh, non-permanent markers to write all of the things I need to remember. Oh, that's and clever. Things. And so this is now working really well. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a temporary situation because I'm writing stuff to remember about ideas and work things and stuff like that, uh, shopping lists and stuff. But it's just a really nice little combination that's happening before I transition to the big one. I feel like this but could be a trend, you know, writing on door cabinets. Walls. Love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hate drawing the on kitchen, them. but this this is working. This is working now for me, and it's made me go, oh, it's not so bad, you know. It's so bad. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a, yeah. I going to have a white gloss kitchen before. We <laughs> a Japandi scandy white, white gloss kitchen. One way to show you guys. <laughs> well, guys, you've, you've not held back in this episode, which mm-hmm. I am super pleased about. So I hope that's really helped people. Thank you so much for your non-held back answers. <laughs> Love it. And you are going to be joining me again for another episode later on. So thank you so much and looking forward to talking to you then. There you have it. Scandy is a total no-no for Beth and Roz. Would love to know your thoughts on this. A big thank you once again to them. Another brilliant episode full of laughs. They will be joining me again in a couple of weeks' time to answer our frequently asked questions on kitchen appliances. Before I leave you, I wanted to please ask again, if you liked what you heard, to please give us a review, subscribe, tag us on social media and share with friends and family. Until next time. Bye.